Welcome to another uh, UNHD Bible study. We are in Galatians chapter 5 and we're going over the fruits of the flesh. Now we've dealt with a few of them, all, well, more than a few of them. We've dealt with a good plethora of them and to say the least, we've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of ground these past few months in Galatians. Um, as you know, these things take time because it's just not Rushing through the word of the word of the Lord is a bad idea. Always has been, always will be, because you can miss context. You can miss. It's kind of like rushing through your food. You're not gonna be able to enjoy all the rich flavors and what the chef put it in, what your mama cooked for you. You know, you want to try to enjoy. Man, I had that weird thing on there. Uh, try to enjoy that. Enjoy every morsel. And you want to enjoy the company that you have. You know, if you're fortunate enough to have somebody around you. Y'all can um, can speak and talk and, 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 and reminisce or just have good old-fashioned conversation over a tasty good meal. And I think that is fantastic. Um, so today, we are definitely going to enter some, some rough territory. Now, I want you guys to buckle up because it's not going to be easy. It won't necessarily be never very fun because we're going to address a very important sin that many of us can relate to whether we want to or not we go have to relate to this one okay so uh, I warned you ahead of time we've got to be able to be real with God you got to be able to be real with yourself or you're not going to grow whether you believe the way I do or not self-reflection helps it can keep you from having to say man hindsight's 2020 well you can stay ahead of it by self-reflection and we're not talking about this kind of self-reflection like oh self-care making sure my beard's right no no looking at your soul looking at your spirit looking at your thinking your process how do you make decisions are you making them emotionally are you making them spiritually are you reacting to the right things or are you are you pro-reacting like man are, are you are you going to get road rage now or later are you going to be able to grit your teeth and bear it or are you just going to let everything hang out all of these things we need to address and get to the bottom of. But before we get that, I got to say thank you to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For without him, I, I wouldn't be here simply. And that's and I'm just one of many. I ain't special, more special than my brothers and sisters. I'm a one of my brothers and sisters. So you just happen to know me. And I'm glad for that because um, I'm not necessarily the greatest human being in the world, but I'm trying. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So we don't have to waste too much time Because you know I can go I can go baby I can I definitely can talk a lot And I ain't got nothing good to say Unless it's in the Bible So I'm just putting that out there right there And let's just get right into it Because we got to make some ground up So here we go So we all, we want to go all the way down So we always got to start Like what's going on in Galatia Now last episode you can see it Episode before that Right now the Galatians The Celts you know, The Celtics Okay, they're settled in Galatia. Uh, Rome has conquered them, and these are the three tribes that live there and have now established themselves in this in Galatia. You know, and now you have mixed in with the Roman citizens, and you got mixes of Jews, and so it's a big melting pot right now. But mainly a lot of Celts. Okay, so what's happening was Paul went there and preached the gospel in truth, and a lot of the Galatians were converted. A lot of them 
saw true freedom for the very first time. They weren't bowing down to idols. They weren't bowing down to the speakers of the idols, you know, the, the priests, the pastors, the, the preachers, the, their version of prophets, things of that nature, the witches. No, for the first time in their life, they had truth and they had freedom and they had peace with God. They didn't have to try to make up new gods to try to get over the old one. They didn't. And guess what? And every time you, in the old days, when you conquered a people, you raided their altars. You raided their, their, their where they keep their most sacred idols and you would put them in yours because that would show your gods are more powerful. Imagine Galatians, they realized, you mean none of them things were real anyway? No, none of them. None, none of it was real. But it was all idolatry. And yet there are people with, well, they had their own people that have emotional convictions. We can definitely mask and say, yeah, well, that looks like faith. But when you start to pressure test, you know, I always say pressure bust pipes. It started to burst. Well, with that being said, there's one kind of pipe burst that releases the worst of an individual to lash out at someone else. Never fails. It will happen if you haven't done it. I, I'll come. I have to call you a liar. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be nasty, but you go see. Let's just let, before I get there. Let's go ahead and read it. So thank you for tuning in right now. Unless you if you're tuning it live or you want to watch it uh, on the hear it on the podcast or watch it uh, back on the YouTube channel. I thank you for it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience and just thanks for spending time. With you. you ain't got to believe the way I do. If you spend time together with me, maybe we can both learn something today. Uh, outside of ourselves maybe you could take a nugget of hey that sounds like some wisdom and use it to hopefully help better your life because it, let's be honest life ain't getting easier not like it ever was but it's definitely getting worse so verse 13 in galatians chapter 5 it says i wish that those who disturb you would cut themselves off for you brothers were called for freedom only don't use your freedom for gain to the flesh but through love be servants to one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, be careful that you don't consume one another. But I say, walk by the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary one to the other that you may not do the things that you desire but if you are led by the spirit you're not under the law now that word we go look at right here lust that's a that, that word right there symbolizes the sinful human condition we have only known lusts in our life we've only known passions in our life we've only known how to get that fiery desire to have what we want and to hell with anybody that tries to stop us, parent or otherwise. You know, we got our minds set on this, this and we're ambitious and we're going to go for this dream. And if anybody try to stop us, oh, they just a stumbling block. And then it comes to if your dream ain't coming fast enough, what are you willing to do to make it happen? All of these are parts of fruits of the flesh. All of these things part of it. Okay. So. Ain't nobody get there ain't no special treatment for, for Christians and outside. We all suffer the same. Don't let any Christian that rolls out and say, Man, I don't have to suffer with this kind of sin that this one is, they lying. 
straight up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, most of them will be in some some kind of religion or personal belief system. That's why they feel so competent and to say that because their God, they believe, is handling business. When the truth is, he ain't handling no business. He ain't handling no business. I'm telling you right now, he ain't handling no business. So let me switch off real quick. We're gonna go look at the Takarta Bible. And there we go. So we're doing a little switch up here. Hopefully it won't crash, but we're gonna see. Um, so when you look at that word again, get my stylus out. So when you get to look at that word again, we're gonna go to that word, the lust. So I read out the World English Bible. Um, it's a pretty. It's one of. First of all, it's uh, copyright free, so you can you can look at it, read it. If you take if you take a word and change it, you just have you just can't say it's a W a World English Bible anymore. But so this is the NAS. This is one that is copyrighted. So we're gonna see what it says. For the flesh sets its desire. Same principle. But look at that word. Whew, watch me tear it up. Epithomio. Whew, that was a rough one. All right. What does that mean? To set the heart upon longing. You know, something that David had. David was lusting after some after him some Bathsheba. So, here we go. To have or to desire or long for, to lust and to covet. We already got problems right there. Coveting. And for those who think the f oh ooh, look at that those who seek the things forbidden wow that's pretty strong stuff so now we know what the, le the what the, the flesh looks for are the things we should not be doing why i'm a grown adult i can do what i want how dare anybody tell me what i'm 18 i'm 19 i'm 20 i've been living on my own since 15 who are you to tell me how to live my life god or whoever Boy, that kind of that kind of flesh, that emotional conviction, and your own self morale. Which, remember, when you have your own moral code, it has nothing to do with actually morals. It just has to do with how you live. If you see stealing from someone as not violating your moral code, you ain't in violation of your code. Whether it goes against somebody else's, it's irrelevant because that's your moral code. There is universal morality, which is a pretty no-brainer for most cars, but you would have people today argue that point. Oh, well, just because a man steals, if he's poor, then him stealing is not so bad. In God's eyes, stealing is stealing. That's it. In the law's eyes, stealing is stealing. I get he's hungry. I get that he went reached an area to where he had to make things happen. But to commit a crime, no matter how valid or good, it's still a crime. That's how God sees things. Now, he's merciful. Absolutely. That's why there's forgiveness. The law has forgiveness. They say, hey, we'll put you on 10 years probation. But guess what happens when you keep violating that? That which is forbidden. Look, I gave you a pass when you stole from the store. The owner says, I'm not going to press charges. I only want the food back. I get it. The second time you steal from the store, the guy says, look, I'm not, I don't want the money. I don't want the food back. I don't want the money he stole. I just He just can't come back in the store. Third time he comes in that store, you got to lock him up. Okay, those them two first those two first ones there was some forgiveness there, but now there's an intent, and it all boils down to what? That's my desire. I need this food. It's easy to pick this store off. The the staff is not very helpful, so I can go in and get out. I ain't nobody get to see me, and they got decent stuff. And guess what? A lot of people shop there. They will make this money back up. That moral code of trying to feed yourself. Now I'm not again. I ain't knocking nobody if you having a tough time. I get it. I'm in that situation. But to steal is still a crime, no matter how much you think it's a good, there's a good. Robin Hood, criminal. 
He robs the rich reef and, and gives to the poor. The poor didn't earn that money. And the rich did. However, you may, oh, Eric, the rich is, I get it. I know it's unfair. But crime is crime. Of course, when you have a lot more money, you might can do more crime. And that, too, is unfair. That's why God is the final authority. What you can swoon past uh, uh, human magistrates, human court systems, you can't bribe God. You know that night, and it's in the next chapter, God is not mocked. For every man sowed what was reaped, what he has sowed. So, it's going to happen. So, the desires of the flesh is against the spirit. So now we go into the, here's the sinful traits of the man, of the sinner, 100%. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, this is very imp important to the Galatians because under this point, they have no idea about the Israelite law. They don't, they've never got the Ten Commandments. No Gentiles ever got the Ten Commandments. It was never meant to be given to them. That was meant for the Israelites, and that's what governed them and set them apart from all the other nations. All the other nations, by the time the Israelites were being, was, that was actually birthed from nothing, you had whole established uh, uh, ethnic, ethnic groups, cultural groups. You've already had establishments of what tribes are out there. The Israelites didn't exist until Abraham. And so God, from scratch, made up their culture and society as in, in one shot. That's what made it so difficult. That's what made the Israelites fall into idolatry so many times. Because they see these established tenants that give them, look at them, they're free. They don't have to make atonement for sin. Why does our God have to do that? Their God seems to be still profitable and he gives his people all that stuff. That's how idolatry works. Because it seems God is restrictive. We don't realize it's not restriction. It's protection. Because if they listened to God, they wouldn't have been enslaved so many times. Jerusalem wouldn't have been burned to the ground and raised back up. But that's the nature of idolatry. The flesh sets it's lusts against the spirit. So when God says, "Don't go down, don't go left," you need to, and don't go right, you need to go straight. The fruit of the flesh will say, "Man, what's wrong with going left, and what's wrong with going right?" If God is merciful, He'll understand why I made that choice, and I'm gonna make one because you know what? I believe in miracles, but I don't believe in waiting for them. That's, that's a lot of mottos that people use today. I've had people tell me straight to my face, "Oh, you can be broke, but you just pray to God, and He just gives it to you." You know, you can make fun of me with that, or you can say, hey, first, what was it? Faith without works is dead. You've got to believe first. Then you go ahead and put the work in. What's the work in? You keep living life. You keep serving one another. You keep, you keep the good that God has given you. You follow the, the laws that Christ has given you. And you follow that code of Christ until you leave this earth. Well, will God give you what he, what he promised that day? That's not, you, you missed the whole point. You're looking for the goods, but you ain't looking for the work. It's one thing to pray for, pray to win the lottery, but if you ain't buying no ticket, those prayers are pretty much useless. I'm not saying they're not useless to be, you know, I'm not saying all prayers are useless, but if you keep telling God, I want to win the lottery, win the lottery, what is what you want God to do? To bring a person, scratch it for you, hand it to your hand, and drive off? That only happens in movies, though. That don't happen in real life. We got to actually put some work in. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about with these Galatians. Y'all can't work what was never meant for you. It's either Christ or nothing. And to the Israelites, look, you couldn't keep the law anyway. So it's either Christ 
or you're back under judgment. That's what that's that's the, this whole argument happening right here. And Paul's about to break it down and say, this is why you choosing those things. This is what it looks like when you outside of the Holy Spirit. I mean, outside the community of Christ. Listen to this. So we talked about this last last week and the week before and the week before. So we go down to verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh. Notice it said deeds, the workings, the things that the flesh does, the activity of the flesh. What we do with our hands and our minds and our bodies are the deeds of the flesh. And they are evident. You can't hide them. You can't put them behind an Instagram filter. You can't look. There are some there are many sins you can hide from people as long as they don't look at your browsing history as long as they don't look in your phone they don't look in your google drive that's secured or they put a they don't have a hidden camera in your house you can get away with a lot of stuff you can get away with coveting even if somebody's around you 100 percent of the time with, and them looking at you because they can't see what's inside your mind and only trying to get that witch or that psyche think they can too they can't read any more minds that they can read hooked on phonics they can't do it but that's the whole point. We, it is evident, which means even though you're covering up here, eventually it won't be enough. That happens a lot where you see um, the um, to catch a predator. You know, it's one thing when it's online, but eventually you gotta want to try to satisfy that urge. And as gross as that sounds, that's in every single step of being a sinner. These things here, at one time, we fought against it until we could not fight anymore because we needed to give it out. We needed to let someone know about this. We had to experience and express that which is forbidden because of one thing. And I, that's what the, the title of this, how dare you, sir or madam? Keep that in mind. How dare you? So when we look at the fruits of the flesh, look at verse 19, the deeds and actions or the flesh are evident, which is immorality. How dare you tell me that this that what I want is immoral? Impurity. How dare you tell me what I'm doing with my with my significant other, however you want to look at it, is is impure. Sensuality. How dare you say that my sensuality is a problem if this is how I feel and this is what makes me happy? I ain't hurting nobody. Idolatry. How dare you judge what my beliefs is? Now, if I want to be uh, believe in tarot cards and, and brooms and cauldrons and, and, and astrology and the universe talking to me, how dare you tell me it's wrong? Let's keep rolling. Sorcery. How dare you say that I can't practice what has been in my generation for years, what has been in my culture for years, what has been my ethnic identity for years? How dare you come with your Christianity? Then we got enmities. Woo. Now we got... We got people picking sides. How dare you go against me when I know what's best for me and I know what's best for you. Now you're picking sides. Then you got strife. Now you got to convince others why you're against that. How dare you try to convince my family and my church that this way is right. You got to leave the church now. You can't stay here no more. You got to take you and your raggedy wife and that horrible kid that you have. Y'all got to go. I don't want your cousins in here. Y'all got to bounce. And then we get jealousy. How dare you have something that I want? Now that you can hide in your mind, but you can't hide it from your mouth. Your mouth go run it. It's go run like diarrhea and a broken toilet. It's go run. Ain't nothing you can do about it. You can get a modem or you can get a wrench, but that thing was running and it's going to be costly. 
because you got to change some things. Jealousy uh, is probably one of the root foundation that is found in every single thing on this earth. Why is that rock bigger than mine? Why is his house bigger than mine? We make the same amount of money. Why is he getting promoted and I'm not? I've been here longer. Why is she have marriage working and mine is not? They ain't been married as long as I have. How is it they have better communication and I don't have good communication over here? How come this job is being successful and mine is not and we have the same amount of customers? Why is it that this guy can call out to work every Wednesday but when I do it, I'm in trouble? It's not fair. How dare you lean this against me and don't give it to them? How dare you? You, you might get sick of that. And now... To what we have today are outbursts of anger. How dare you? And it's not enough to say it anymore. Now we got to do the deeds of the flesh. We got to put these suit bones in place. We got to start stroking on people and letting them know how you feel. Because you said it, they didn't get the point. For some of us, the outbursts come. They're not premeditated. It's called outbursts. It's fervent. You just laugh. Rah, you're out there to get them. You stroking on dudes before you realize, oh man, I didn't mean to hurt. I didn't mean. I didn't even know I was fighting. Officer, I don't even remember throwing the punch, and that's all be legitimate because you was blinded by what? Let's take a look. You were blinded by what? Look at that word, thumos. Now I know I didn't mess that up. Thumos. What? What sounds very similar to that? Thermos. What keeps something hot? Thumos. Hot heat. Passionate. It's what. It's thumos in my house right now. That's why I got this Baptist rag on. It's thumos in my house right now. It's hot. But listen to this. Passion. Angry. Heat. Anger. Forthwith. Boiling up. And soon subsiding again. Not bad, right? You you you, you cooking some tea or cooking something on... Uh, my, let's say you're cooking chili. You got that thing on high. That chili's blasting everywhere. It's starting to get out the pot. It's leaping and bouncing. You turn it to low. It's just now a little simmer and percolate. Imagine going back and forth, back and forth. That's us. Some of us are teetering right there. We call that road rage. I am just, every morning I go down 15th. And every morning I see that same old lady in that Astro van. And every time I'm at 45. She jumps out in front of me and go 30. If that woman does it today, if that blue-haired witch do it today, I'm yanking her out that car. She does it, now you're on 12 o'clock news. Man jumps out of the car, beats old lady, gets 10 years. Outbursts of anger. Look at all here. Look at the top here. Fierce, fierceness, indignation. How dare you do that to me? Here's some outbursts of anger that we all can relate to that we've seen, whether on Jerry or any of those... Uh, reality TV shows, or more important when we see it on the news. What happens? Man shoots wife and children. Why? Because wife was having an affair. In his anger, his outburst of anger, not rational, his passions overtook him, killed his wife, killed his kids. We've seen that. We've heard about it. We've seen outbursts of anger when we see school shootings. That's, that's anger. That's a kind of rage that boils over that if you don't release it, it will consume you. That kind of anger that caused you to pull a knife, that kind of anger to make you go grab your gun and go back to the situation and handle that so that way you're calm again. Oh, officer, I was in a blind rage. You heard that before, a blind rage. A lot of divorces, a lot of friendships, a lot of jobs have been lost to outbursts of anger. Did you just call that customer a Negro to her face? Oh, I said that N-word. And you expect to keep your job? 
Guess what comes out of that one? How dare you take her side when you didn't hear mine? Now we got strife involved. Now we got jealousy involved. How dare you take that person's side over me? Outbursts of anger. For some of us, we can control it for a time. Some, we simply just know how to cool it out. And God bless you. If you're one of them that can keep it, keep it cool and you ain't got to blow up. But you're, you're not as numbered as you think. There's not a lot of people like you. So if you don't get easily angry, praise God. Unfortunately, that's just you. There are other people around you that you might... Tell me you don't know somebody in your circle or somebody you don't know that's willing to fly off the handle the minute he pushed that toilet handle. You know he opened up the refrigerator and had let half the milk be in there. Go outside and your kids come back and they drove all around town and they know you got to go out of town tomorrow morning and you wake up, you're on, you're on empty. Don't tell me that was, it can happen. Your husband say you go cut the yard. It's four thirty in the evening. The grass is now knocking on the door, trying to come in because it's hot, and your husband chilling on the couch sleep. Kids in the next room sleep, playing video game. You just can't tell me that lady ain't gonna be hot. You you told me three weeks, sucker, and that grass is walking itself across the street. It's demanding to become in the house for food, and that outburst of anger. See, road rage is easy to see. We can see it happen. We even might suffer it ourselves. How dare they cut in front of me? I'm driving the speed limit. They're on my bumper. And then they go around me and honk. Oh, no, it's on. Put the seatbelt tighter. I'm going after them. It's easy to point the finger at that one. But what about the one when you call, you, this person calls in and you're the person, on, you call into somebody and say, hey, my bill is wrong. And it's legitimately wrong. And you get after them. Hey, uh, Y'all charge an extra $20. Imagine the lady goes, well, man, it's just $20. I'll go ahead and do that on there if it's a big deal. Who the, who you think you talking to? Outburst of anger. I'm sure we all can relate to it or close to what we got to that end where you're like, ooh, ooh, you, you were that close from catching some hands. It's a strong thing. And look at that. It has everything to do with, look at these other words, rage, fierce, tempers. Indignate, that's a big word, right? indignation. You are disgusted by this person. You're so disgusted, you've got to tell them how they feel. You are a P.O. I hope your whole family burn up in an inferno. If you was on fire and I was the and I, I was the fireman, I wouldn't even waste sweat on you. We're talking about the kind of anger that leaves people in bad spots. The kind of anger that doesn't allow reconciliation in relationships. You know the stuff that Jesus said you can't do? That's desires of the flesh. I want to hate my wife. Why? Love cover. Hey, love don't cover everything. Bible says so. You know what? How dare you use the Bible against me? No. How you going to pick side? How you going to just marginalize my... See how easy it is to say how dare you? You can justify anything. But that's called idolatry. Because if God says you can't do it, Brother, sister, man, you can't do it. You want to get angry with God? Tell him. Don't take it out on somebody else. Not even, don't even take it out against that spirit, man, that's living inside you. Because you know how to take it out on yourself? Go commit one of them sins. Go commit one of them fleshly sins, the deeds of the flesh that we see right there, the deeds of the flesh. Go commit one of them and you will see when God disciplines his own. Or in the case that he doesn't, then you ain't one of God's children. That's another thing I keep hearing. Oh, I'm just, ain't nothing wrong with me. God gave me this information and I'm just running off with a girl and I'm thinking, wait a minute. 
You telling me you just committed a sin against God and you just feel like you got off scot free? I'm getting oh look, I hope I'm not outside. That lightning is not far away. How you gonna tell me that you can commit a sin and God is cool with it? He's like, yeah, you know, you since you my bed. Ain't no favoritism in that house. You don't think Jesus had a right to have outbursts of anger? Of course he did. He was lynched and he was guiltless. He had no sin. But it never hit him. Never. It crossed his mind. Yes, absolutely. But there was no action. He gave it no. Gave it no importance. None whatsoever. So, I think we get a good idea that when we look at outbursts of anger, rage, wrath, indignation, that's a deed. That's something we actively lean into. It's not an accident. Because how many times people say, "Man, I got a temper. I know it." If you know you have it, then why are you giving in to it? Oh, man, that's just me. How dare you judge me? You get sick of that phrase, how dare you? So, where can we see this kind of outburst of anger in the Bible? Let's see some practical some practical scenes. You know, that's one thing I love to do is go into the Bible and let's see what the Lord has to give us in a story. So that way we can see what causes people to do what they do. So right now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 8. As you guys can see on the screen, and I'm at full country right now. My apologies. My countryness is just on, for all to see. It's just country on top of country. So we got Matthew chapter 8. Praise God for the stuff working. And we're going to go to 10 and keep it pushing. So let's go ahead and do that. So listen to this. And I think we're exactly where we need to be. If I'm not mistaken... Let me double check because this is what I was reading today. And I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. We are definitely at that. So this is an interesting story because I always like to hear when Jesus gets shocked by something. So we're going to start at verse 1. And we're going to work our way down all the way to 13 because it's important. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Imagine, here's Jesus, just came out the mountain from praying, tired, hungry, thirsty, got that hot robe on, the Jesus sandals are a little warm today because it's scalding hot outside. Now you got somebody with their hand out. You don't think maybe he might have said, man, get, go somewhere, leper, go, I'll get to you later, go on, man, I'm hungry. That's what we might do. Or we might go, here we go, I just came out of the mountains. Why y'all all follow me right now, man? Can I get a moment's peace? I mean, can I, I can I get a can I can I get at least ten minutes to myself? I, oh, I gotta I gotta feed y'all too, huh? Oh, I gotta I gotta wash feet now. Can you give me a second? I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up, but I need some time for me. Jesus didn't do that. We would do that. Eric, can you do it, man? Why I gotta do that right now? You see me at work, man. All you can do is make a phone call. Why do I gotta do it? How dare you think that I got all the time in the world? You gonna get sick of that phrase? Listen to this. Look how Jesus replied. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. Be clean or be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So here's the, so the Israelites know this man is leprous. Whoever this man is, let's say he's Willie Green. Willie Green got leprosy he's had leprosy for a while it's painful it's art stuff falling off leper community is one of the most 
saddening, maddening, and most tragic thing you could see. Because here's a disease that quite literally rots you to death. This man saying, listen, I know you're Christ. I know you're Lord. If you can just, if, it, if it's in your will, could you please? What did Jesus say? I'm willing. I'll do it. Give me your hand. Nobody would touch a leper. Nobody. Because what could happen? You can get it. Jesus stuck his hand out, touched that man's hand, and it was gone. It left like a bad AT&T bill. It was gone. And listen to this. Did he say, look, sh 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 just keep this. Look, go present them that you are no longer. Go present the offering of the leper that you are clean. Let them examine you. Let them look at your hair. Let them shave your head so they can see things. Let them see it. And when they see it's clean, it'll be a testimony to them. They'll be asking, how'd you get this way? And if you don't say nothing, they're going to be knocking at doors. Did you see Willie Green? His arm fell off yesterday. Now he got a brand new one. What happened? He didn't have him fingers yesterday. He's eating KFC out the box before he had somebody had to put a fork in it for him. How's he eating now? So he went on about his business. Verse 5, and when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring, pleading him, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home. Fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now listen to this centurion. Knowing Jewish custom. Knowing the Israelite uh, rules of accommodation and housing. Listen to this. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus, my home is not fit for you. I'm not a man that that deserves to have you come sit in my home because I have not been living right. I'm being honest. You are the God King. There's no I, look. You can't come in this house. I I don't feel right. I you deserve better, and I don't deserve this. But if you can, just just tell him to get up. Now you think about this centurion. Here's a man who his servant, slave or whatnot, is sick and paralyzed, and even though. He's a man of stature. He cares for his servant. Imagine that. Listen to, listen to Jesus' astonishment as we keep going. So listen to this. So verse 9. For I also am a man under authority. Notice he said something. He's relating himself to the servant. I also am a man under authority. As that servant, I'm over him. There is someone above me. So I get it. I get what it's like. If I got sick, I would hope my uppers would be like, hey, go get the doctor. Let's check on Willie over there. So listen to this. With soldiers under me. So he has servants and soldiers. So we can probably assume pretty comfortably that this man is very, is very caring about his troops. But this servant really bothered him. And the servant is tormented by what happened. We don't know why he's paralyzed, but we know he's tormented by it because at one point he was active. We had him to do stuff. And so this, we know the centurion loved his servant. Now, when Jesus heard this, listen to this. Oh, I'm sorry, we have to go back at verse 9. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following. Now, you got to remember, here's a centurion. He's in Capernaum. Jesus just rolled in. Think of your nearest town, whatever it is. Jesus rolled in. He's got a, a thousand people following him. Who knows how many? Women, children, donkeys, everything else. People follow Jesus everywhere he goes, right? He took care of the leper. They saw that and they're like, man, he just walked off. He's just fine. 
Now a centurion rolled up. He ain't even been in Capernaum a few minutes. He's already getting, hey, Lord, please, right? So here's the centurion begging Jesus, just heal my servant. I, I don't feel good about you going to my home. You are too good for me, and you're, too, you're, you're better than what my home can accommodate. Just tell this man, just heal him. Because I understand what it's like to be under someone, and I would want somebody to care for me as I care for him. He's a good servant. Jesus in there going, wow. Can you imagine Jesus grabbing his hand like your mama would grab your hand and try to make a point somewhere? He, imagine Jesus turning around looking at them. Hold on. Be, look at Y'all look, look at this. Look at this dude right here. Look at this. A Gentile. Did you hear what he said? Let me tell you what he said. He's a Gentile that he's been, his slave, his servant is sick. Are y'all listening? I see, look, listen. Here's a Gentile. Not knowledgeable on the Ten Commandments. Not knowledgeable on things of that nature. And we get that. He's a Gentile. But look at what he did. Here's a man that came to me to beg and plead for his servant to be healed. And this is when Jesus breaks his whole foot off in him. Listen to this. He marveled and said to those who were following, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Tell me he didn't just slap that whole crowd. All 1,000 plus of you, let's say, uh, so if 1,000, let's say women and children, let's say about 2,000, whatever. All of y'all, I've looked at all of y'all for days. Not one, there's none of y'all. I'm talking about zero, none of y'all. Matter of fact, let me say it all together. There ain't none in Israel, not an Israelite anywhere, with faith as great as this, guys. Let's keep rolling. I say to you, for many will come from the east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out unto the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, outbursts of anger. How dare you kick us out? We are the chosen people. Jesus said, I don't care if you're coming from Los Angeles or from New Jersey. And y'all all got front row tickets in heaven. All of y'all will get kicked out for one reason. Why? They didn't keep the faith. They weren't humble in faith. They didn't hold on to faith. They didn't trust God. They went to the idolatry or trusted the deeds of the flesh to justify themselves. We can complete the law. We can do all 10. Remember, you got to do 10 perfectly every day, even in your sleep. That's impossible. Yeah, Jesus did. That's why it is impossible. It is a moral standard. That's the reason for it. Why do you think we have laws when they break that moral standard? There's got to be a punishment. That's the whole point, right? You guys know that you're forward thinking people. I'm just saying. So listen to this. And verse. So look at that. You'll be cast out of the darkness. You're going to go to hell. And there'll be weeping and gnashing of national teeth. And the great words of Biggie Small. There's going to be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing. And it's going to be them going, wait a minute. I guess I thought that since I had the blood of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that I was safe. No, sir. That's blood. Spirit, you know, you hear the word, oh, blood is thicker than water, only on earth. In heaven, and when it's concerned with God, spirit is thicker than blood and far stronger because blood can die and wither. The spirit is eternal. Hell or heaven, it's eternal. It's worth it. I love my family. I love my brother. I love my father. I love my mother. I love all those that in my family, unsaved or not. But guess what? When it comes down to judgment day, 
my relationship with them won't mean a hill of beans. Oh, I know Eric. I know he served. I know this. Doesn't matter at that point. And never, it never will matter. You got to go through that judgment seat one person at a time. Even Judge Judy got to come off that bench and have her judgment day. And everybody, here's the thing that's different. If you want to know when judgment day happened for the Christian, it's the day we got saved. But even us still got to go. We still got to recollect what got us there. And we got to hear our faith rewarded. Can you imagine how terrifying that can be? You know you saved, right? You say, man, I just know I'm saved. You got a heart attack, died. You're sitting in there behind uh, somebody, your brother-in-law. You remember him. He's like, man, Eric, you in line? Yeah, man, but I, I'm i saved, but I know I'm in the same judgment line. You ain't in you ain't in the fast track. There ain't no fast track line. You ain't in the line with pre-boarding. There ain't no pre-boarding. It's the same line we all going in. And we sitting there waiting. We got all eternity. We ain't going nowhere. We at this point now. They wait. Time and waiting is not a factor anymore. We just waiting on our turn. And that's where our reward will be given to us. Mr. Miller, come up here. Oh, Lord God's going to send me to hell. I just know it. Blah, blah, blah. And all the things happening. How do you plead? I plead the blood. Jesus is my savior. I trust in him for my salvation, Father. You know it. And it, and guess what? God will look at my spirit. He go test my words. If I and I hope I'm like this centurion. And every day the Holy Spirit keeps me at that state of trying to what? Have that same confidence that the centurion did to come to God and ask him, "Can you help and heal my family?" All that kind of faith we all look for. And I got some good news. So I'm not saying it's some bad news. Oh, you're not doing a good job. No. Your faith is always being cultivated. As long as you have not allowed those other permutations of the food of the flesh, you are standing firm. Even on days that you're weak. Even on days where you just want to give up. Yesterday was a strong day in faith. Today, you can't even find a key to open up the faith box in order for you to just drive down the street. You have no confidence in anything today. Everything has gone wrong. Car blew up. Phone blew up. Husband left. Uh, you got fired. Um, your, whole, your apartment complex exploded and ignited and, and only your apartment got blowed up. Even in that time, you, you will, your, your faith will be tested heavily, of course. But that reward of having that peace with God is knowing no matter how bad things are, I'm going to be all right. That's a tough faith to follow and yet we have assistance and help because that's what the Holy Spirit does and it's not easy so imagine those outside the body of Christ who's dealing with the same burdens that's why we have to offer ourselves to them and say hey man look I understand you're going through a lot I know you don't believe the way I do but can I just stand with you dog can I just stand with you and just be here with you I don't want you to convert I'm not hey, I'm just here to stand with you as a friend I just want to if you need to talk I'm here if you don't want to talk I'm here whatever you need man that's that's the call that we're supposed to make you know he called the god of all comfort for a reason so that way what afflicts us we'll be able to help others in their affliction why didn't god deliver you from that situation that was really hurting you i don't have them answers but i could tell you this the fact that i'm standing in front of you now he delivered better than ups has he's delivered here i am standing right now did you go through a pain a lot of pain did you go through a lot of lot a lot of everything and fire and breath? i went through yes i went through it all how did you hold strong much like the centurion i'm holding on to jesus that is more manageable than trying to hold on to something that god says you need to keep this standard perfectly 
You can either keep them 10 laws perfectly for your entirety of your life from birth to end and you slip one, you're going to be at the end of that line. Or you can believe in my son who's done it all and you can cling to him and wear his robes of righteousness. So when it's your turn at the judgment seat, I will say not guilty. Well, how do I know my faith is that strong? Look at, look at the centurion. The centurion gives us a great idea of what's happening. Here's a man. Gentile, knowledgeable of some Jewish rites, I'm sure. You know, most of the Romans were educated. Centurions were in Jewish-controlled communities because that's what they did. They governed in them, but well, it governed very little in them. They allowed them to govern on their own, but they just couldn't do certain things. So, of course, they came across a custom here or there that they might have violated one, or they had to go get up to one of their men who violated one. The Caesar came down and said, "Look, y'all do something like that again. It's all it's on for all y'all." Here he is, and he probably heard about what this. Messiah Jesus no doubt he's living in Galatia he's seen he's seen the Galatian churches he watched man that is Kovacs he used to have two broadswords and he used to walk around with a necklace full of human heads now he's just as humble he, he can't pick a sword up no more he don't want to pick a sword up that's his mama that's his daddy that's his new wife wait a minute his wife is not of the same Gaelic what is going on here you go talk to him man remember when we used to catch yeah, I don't fight no more like that, man. I, I've, I've had to understand I, I was never right to take them lives. I shouldn't have picked up the sword. I sinned against God. I got to wait. I got to live with that. But I'm telling you, Christ has cleaned me. So I, I just want to say, forgive me if I've, if I've put a sword to one of your friends, Centurion. I I did it. You're right. Out of anger, out of outbursts of anger and wrath, I took him down. And he didn't deserve it. Imagine that Centurion listening. So what was bitter enemies? And let me tell you. The Galatians or the Celts and the Roman Empire, that's cats and dogs. That we're talking about blood feuds. And the Romans won. You know, beginning of Gladiator, when you saw that that whole line of people going in and out, the, the barbaric horde, and, and you saw um, Rome on the other side, that's exactly, you got the Galatians and you got the Romans. And they conquered them and they settled them in Galatia. And then three tribes that had all their idolatry, all their prophets and all their seers and all they all their magics and all the rites and rituals that they had could not bring the peace that God can bring because there's only truth in God. And with that, that peace that you know that you are not at war with God will relieve you in ways where people say, man, you are sitting in a volcano on fire, but none of your clothes is burning. Your face don't look discolored at all. Matter of fact, you don't even seem like, how you sit in the middle of a volcano with a parka on and, and, and you got wool gloves and you're not sweating? Not being at war with God is something I wish I could explain better than with, than with my words. But that kind of peace to know that no matter what happens in this world to you, that peace doesn't change. My wife don't like me no more. God loves you eternally. That will not change. My wife's at war with me. You will never be at war against God on any level ever again. You mean I'm at true peace with God. God looks at you like you look at your son that maybe went outside and let's say your son went outside and, and turned over the water pail that you was watering or something silly like that, right? And you know, he's like, oh man, my mom told me if I pour that stuff out with that high dollar germicide in it, I'm dead. And your mom will go, come here. I understand you did it. I saw it was an accident. Come here. 
or you did it on purpose because you had an outburst of anger I had to put that in there and your mama when you're waiting on your mama to say how dare you knock that over when I told your narrow butt not to do it what's God doing come here and I'm like Lord I don't deserve to come in them arms much like the centurion I don't deserve to have that kind of peace coming to me I know what I've done I know the blood that's on my sword I know that my servant had to wash off my armor from the blood that I've done in the name of Caesar for the sake of the crown I have blood on my hands my soldiers got bodies on them and they are coming to me and they're tormented in their dreams and guess what I gotta bear that with my own so I know I'm a sinner you can't come in my house Lord there's blood there's a there's bodies in there piled up for days spiritually speaking if you can just have mercy and just heal my servant, I won't bother you no more. Here's Jesus grab that man by the wrist and he goes turns around and tell all them Israelites, all of y'all, I ain't seen none of y'all dishonored. Ain't none of y'all, y'all all been following me for your own motives and desire, you know, to, to have your flesh appeased. I do believe in your Christ. You ain't believe like this, like this man here. He came, he was scared to come to me, but, but he came to me not for himself. He came for someone that in all other ways, people would just ignore. You would ignore your slave. Ah, oh, we'll just get a new slave. Oh, you didn't cut the yard? I'll just get a new husband. I'll get a new friend. No, no, not this centurion. He wanted to keep what was what he was was in charge of him. When he was in charge of something that was given to him, he ain't throwing that away. No matter how bad it, he ain't throwing it away. He loves. It's guess what? He's a man in authority, and he understands what it's like for his servant to serve regardless of anything. And he loved that man that much to say, Lord, if you could just do that, I know I got bodies on my hands. My sword right now was just clean yesterday. My servant, if he wasn't paralyzed, he'd clean the sword every day. I just need him healed, Father, because I know what it's like to serve under someone as he serves under me. What does Jesus do? I can't believe. Marveled, went like, what? A Gentile? Man, come here, bro. Let me let me talk to you. Let me holler at you. And then wouldn't talk. And then you saw the outburst of anger, the gnashing, the weeping, and gnashing of teeth. They were pissed. That's not the only time gnashing of teeth happens. Stephen was killed. The first martyr. I didn't get to get to that story. I may do it next week. Don't know. Depends on what the spirit tells. But Stephen gave a fiery message. I'm talking about the kind of message that had someone want to slap here i'll read i'll give you a snippet listen to this this is verse 54 in acts chapter 7 read stephen's powerful sermon man you had people trying to throw forks and knives and spoons they wanted to eat his eyes they were mad at him and all he did was tell the truth this is the verse 54 then basically he told them the beginnings of abraham but before abraham with abraham but with moses after moses all the way down to them and told them all of y'all are snakes all of y'all are going to hell all of y'all have done wrong in god's eyes all of y'all have not kept to the truth of god and every single one of you go try to claim the blood of abraham isaac and jacob and every single one of them had to live by faith and now you think you go roll up and just have some relationships with god because the blood is mixed right boy they were hot when they heard this they were enraged in their hearts you mean outbursts of anger yes and gnashed their teeth at him. You know, I'm talking about grinding your teeth till you break some off. But Stephen, filled by the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and he saw God's glory with Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, 
I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Listen to this. So he says, look, so as he just told them, all y'all suck. You, you know what I mean? And he looked up and he saw the majesty of God. Saw the savior standing up and it's like he was waiting and he was like, I see the son of God. What do you think their response was? Listen to this. They then screamed at the top of their voices. They covered their ears and together rushed against him. How many times we've heard people say, I don't want to hear nothing you got to say about God. I can't stand any. That's that kind of rage against the truth. He said it and they knew it was the truth because that's why they had to cover their ears. That's why they started screaming out loud. You know, the cheap, la, 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 I don't hear you. I don't, you know, that cheap child. But these people were pissed. That kind of anger that did get him killed. They stoned him to death. Listen to this. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They were stoning Stephen even as he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And saying this, he fell asleep. He gave up the ghost before the stoning was finished. Here they are, they throwing them kind of them kind of baseball hits that would get you signed, and they're just they're just battering his poor body. Every time a rock hit, it was taking flesh, cracking bone, uh, digging deep into his flesh, probably hit his head, took an ear off. What about a grisly scene of a man being stoned to death? And in that, he was still at peace with God. Didn't and didn't think about himself, said, God, don't don't put this sin on him. Kept looking up and then gave up the ghost. He took that flesh off. It's like, I'll, I'll make a little demonstration. He took that flesh off and he's like, he like folded it up, gave it to the, gave it to the Israelite and he was about his business. He was gone. Gave up the ghost. And can you imagine him sitting there? We still had more rocks. He gave up that fast. He gone already. Good. Can't stand that dude. And right there at his feet, at that bloody mound where Stephen was killed was Saul, which we now know will come to be Paul. Sitting right there. Isn't it amazing? As Stephen is killed, an apostle will soon be gained from Saul. And then Saul, which comes Paul, has to now carry the blood on his hands of what he's done. And carry on in the works of Christ. Even he can't work. In the, and he would, he would tell you in Philippians, I was the Pharisee of Pharisee. You could, if you went to generation.com or find my ancestry, I came back 100% Israelite. You couldn't tell me different because I know different. You can test my blood right now. It'll jump off the petri dish and tell you he's an Israelite. But he says all that don't mean anything. If I do not have that faith like that centurion, that centurion is the proof positive that men that, oh, I don't really know that much about Baptist and Methodist and I don't know anything about Roman Catholicism, Islam, all this crazy nonsense. But I do hear Christ saying repent. And I don't know what that means. I don't get it. And when I do hear it, I get upset. And what makes you upset? I think of like all the things that Roman Catholic has done to people in the molestation, sexual abuse. I think of 
all these other religions that's just stealing money from the poor and just riding off in the sunset pastors wearing gold rings people in cults people lying on people people making up gods and then selling books on it and and selling out stadiums so people can hear the latest gossip of what they think god is telling them or they so they come out of their seminaries with their suits and ties and they say we know that we got the key to the kingdom and all it is is the keys to the bathroom that's it but i hear christ outside of them saying over here and it's a little voice yet it's louder than they are you only got two responses you only got two it's just two you can do like these men did and cup your ears and start screaming at top volume i don't care if you got covid or over i don't care if you were if you were mute you did anything you can not to hear the call of mercy from god saying come home a home you have never ever been to or had and you're going to experience for the first time even your mama and your daddy whoever's with you when you were born i'm hoping it was your both parents if not sometimes single parents it might be them and a relative either way where you laid your head down that night in a crib or otherwise that's home imagine for the christian we have never set foot in our actual home as of yet we still haven't done it We've said as a sinner, yeah, we're on this side of the earth. But as a Christian, we ain't been home yet. We don't even know what it's like. And yet every Christian that hears my voice can say the same thing. I have a long, I feel, I feel homesick. You ain't never been there. How do you know? I don't know, but I know I'm homesick. You know how you're homesick? Because you're hurting. You're hurting. You've you're, you're, you, you cried on nights you don't even understand. You have listened to scripture and, and just put you at peace and you go to work and you see the, the things waiting on you and you break down. Then God picks you back up. All these groanings, you know, one day I ain't got to hurt no more. One day that last tear, I'm not going to be able to wipe away. Before I even wipe to it, Jesus go pick that right up. Let me get that eye stuff right there. Yeah, you go. So your mama ain't got to lick it. That's Jesus go get that last bit of eye stuff out of there. No more pain. There's going to be a time, and I've been around a lot of folks, it's unfortunate, but I tell them it's not, and I don't say unfortunate, but it's, it's fortunate in one way, but it's, it's hard in a lot of ways too. I've been around a lot of folks that had their last breath. That is a different feeling altogether. That is a different look to a person when you see life leave them. Ones that are in Christ, there has been a, it has been profound to be able to see when they start having conversations of, man, I'm going home and I'm going and you're like, what are you saying? They're they not hearing you anymore. They leaving. They bags are packed. They get to shed that skin. Imagine, imagine real quick. I'm, I'm trying to be illustrative in that. So let's, and this is going to be funny, but I'm trying to make a point here. Imagine that this is, this is you, right? And you've been living in this skin this whole time. And imagine when you start dying, that skin starts getting, you start become free. You realize now that skin belongs on this earth because that's the that's death. That's what death looks like. It is this flesh. And guess what? Even our thinking is in this flesh. Our feelings are in that flesh. Eric, in the flesh, all of that stuff, we're shedding it every day. And finally, when we, we pass over, if we if we if you pass over tomorrow, I'm not saying I want you to, I want to see you tomorrow. Say you pass on tomorrow believing in the Lord. You will shed that skin like a snake's head and you will not put it back on until Christ comes back. And then that skin will be cleaned and perfect. 
So that way, nothing will be left behind. What was dirty will now be clean forever. You ain't got to worry about a light bill no more. Jesus is going to be our light. Matter of fact, one of the most scariest things for people that are outside of God is the fact that we can't even imagine, especially me, I was in that spot with them. Imagine not being at war and having true peace without a concern of your well-being. We have no idea what that's about. We have a taste of it when we're children, but we sin. So our parents got to get after them, got to get grounded. But I'm talking about the kind of peace that we've never experienced. And for a brief taste, it can envelop the Christian and keep him in Christ until his time gets called. I see it every day. There ain't a day that goes by my team will say, man, what you told you talking to? I'm saying, Father, thank you for the sale. Thank you for that customer coming in, Father. Ooh, it was a rough day. We didn't make that much. Yeah, but what, we, what God gave us was good. People look at me like I'm crazy. But you know what? That's that kind of thankfulness. Even when I'm thinking, did I just say that? Me of all people? Because I remember where I come from. But that's just this flesh. I got to start concentrating on where I'm going. And that's harder to do, but it's 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 so hard, it's impossible unless I look at Christ and say, oh, oh, so I just got this to deal with now. You, you ain't got that heavy weight of God dealing with you. You ain't got to deal with that when you get a judgment seat. You got to deal with what you got here. So I got to now look back and say, okay, my loved ones, my friends, my family, my community, they got to know the truth. They can believe it or not. My job is, is simple. I just got to give it out. And love them in spite of either. I've got to I've got to love them without a shadow of a doubt, whether they say yay or nay. My love cannot change because Christ's love is that deep. So can, if His love is that good, I definitely ain't got no room for an opinion. That's why I read that. Yeah, I understand. I look. I relate to a lot of issues going on out there. I understand you're hurting in this area. I understand you have problems with that that section or this section or whatnot. I can give you my sympathy. I can give you my empathy. I can even give you, hopefully, a, 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 an encouraging hug. What I can't do is give you an opinion outside of God. I, I ain't got that right. I wouldn't love you if I didn't tell you the truth. If I just said, well, you know, I kind of agree with you going through that sin. I ain't no better than anybody else. And you'll know I'm a fraud at that point. It's It's got to be consistency. Eric, are you enjoying this? I Look, I'm going to tell you, don't ask my opinion if you don't want to hear the truth. But no, I ain't happy I'm not with my wife. I ain't happy. That's miserable. I had a dream last night that took me to my knees i woke up in tears it's some personal sharing but i gotta let you know this is important i got a dream that my wife sitting next to me in bed and for a brief second i felt relief relief i'm like oh my god i'm back in my marriage and then the alarm went off i'm back in this body i come back to the reality of the situation i look at what's facing me that day going to work doing those kind of things and again, another day outside of a marriage, I didn't want to leave and I don't control the circumstances. So what do I do? Do I just crawl up and say, look, I give up. God must not want to do any work in this situation. No, I say, thank you, Father, for giving me another day and at least giving me a glimpse of what I used to have to just remind me that guess what? Everything's all right. I can go around moping and I wish I was. Ain't, ain't no time for that, homeboy. Ain't no time for that. You get what you, you look. You are at where you're at in God's mercy. Don't take that for granted. Don't overlook that. Don't look past that. Don't look at that as like it's not enough. It's more than you deserve. It's way more than I deserve. 
I just have to learn to appreciate those little things because guess what? Even little things add up to something big. Everybody's looking for the miracle, but nobody wants the blessings. Oh, give me the car out of nowhere. Even though the Lord says, hey, why don't you go on that lot with that money you just made and go buy that car? No, I want the one that's just given to me for free. You still, guess what? You can't afford that. You, look, how you gonna work at AutoZone and try to drive around in a shadow? You better get yourself in that Chrysler 300. Don't you get yourself in that shadow. You can't buy brakes at AutoZone for that. Land. Let me give you some rotors. Uh, what about some light bulbs for my, for my Phantom? Dude, get out of here. You get out of here somewhere. You can't get no knockoff plugs for that. But you can get something that's within your view that will not set you back, but it will set you up and it will sustain you. But see, that's not that's not cute. That's not fun. That doesn't have my dreams met. Oh, you mean them deeds of the flesh? You mean those kind of things like the jealousy and things like that? Yeah, I get it. I totally understand my brothers I totally get it so with that being said I love you guys very much I have been way past my time I appreciate you for what you all you've done you have been amazing you're always amazing you matter to me greatly I hope you this message finds you in good health and if there's anything I can do as always leave a comment in, in, in the comment section know that I love you know that I care about you in Jesus name I'm praying for you amen I'll see you next week God willing and guess what them gas prices getting cheaper dog so i'll see you guys soon in jesus name i'm praying for you amen you have been muted and it's hot